Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, but 2 Timothy chapter number 2, the Bible says, we're going to read five verses. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. To be a soldier for Jesus Christ, this morning we're going to talk about being one, a teachable soldier, a teachable man or a teachable woman, a teachable boy or a teachable girl. Kids, what is the biggest room in your house? That would be the room for improvement. That's the biggest room. If you're not willing to be taught, you won't be able to improve. Who is your best teacher? Boys and girls, your best teacher is your last mistake. Did you make a mistake this week? That's your best teacher. Learn from it. Learn from it. You make enough mistakes, you learn enough lessons. What did you learn from your last lesson, from your last mistake? Is it the last opportunity that had already passed that matters to you? Or is it the next opportunity that you're looking forward to? And Timothy is our example. This morning, um, 2 Timothy, back in the first chapter, we saw in verse number 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. He had his grandmother, Timothy, and he had his mother. And he was willing to be taught first. Are you willing to be taught first? We all need teachers. We all need to be teachable. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and let's look at verse number 14 and 15. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Boys and girls, you want to get ahead of the game? Be teachable. That's how you get ahead in life. Be the student that shows up willing to be taught. That's how you can get ahead in the game of life. You are learning the scriptures as a young child. From the preacher, from your grandmothers, from your mothers, 
from your fathers, from your church. And it will make you wise. Education without salvation, who said that? Is a complete waste of time. Something like that. I kind of botched that quote, but somebody famous said that. <laughs> or somebody important said that. Acts chapter 16. Let's turn over there. Acts chapter 16, verse number 1. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, a woman which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Now watch this. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. Timotheus, Timothy, he was willing to be taught by Paul. He was a man willing to be a student first. And what does Paul charge Timothy to do? Teach other men uh, the same thou commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know what the command is? You know what? The lesson is, why do you need to be teachable? Why do I need to be teachable? So we can find somebody else faithful and then teach them. Why should they be faithful? So that someone can teach them. Why should they be taught? So they can go find other faithful people and teach them. A, a wonderful idea for church growth. Better than putting up a water slide and, and uh, free uh, snow cones on Sunday. It's snow cone Sunday. Bring everybody in and then just slip a little bit of... Yeah, remember that Jesus guy? Yeah, didn't he have long hair or something? No. Teach so that others can teach and the church will grow. You can grow a big building. You can grow a big organization. You can do that. But let's teach the Bible. Let's teach others what the Bible says so that they can go and teach others. That's the pattern. But the pattern only works if you've got the right people with the right attitudes and the right motives I'm going to put my hand up first. Has anybody have ever had a day where they just want to get through the day? Okay. I'm not the only one. That's fine. That can't be your life. What can I get from the day? Oh, mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, me. It's just, I, can't, I just want to get through this day. I want to get through this hour so I can get my lunch break. I want to get through the work day. I want to get through with the kids. I... We all need a break. There's no doubt about that. Everybody needs a break. But that can't be your life. That cannot be your life. If you want to have an abundant life in the Lord as a Christian, it has to be 
Praise God, I'm up in the morning. What can I get from this day? Praise God, I got a job. What can I get from the day? Praise God, I have healthy kids. What can I get from the day? Praise God, my husband isn't feeling so hot. What can I get from the day? How can I help? How can he get a blessing? It's the way that you approach the situation that you're in rather than getting your row in your rowboat and seeing down the sea of sorrow. I just want to get through this, Lord. Life ain't as bad as you think it is. Life ain't as bad as I think it is. All we got to do is just dial up a little bit of hardness and we see how strong the soldier is. He's going to fold under pressure. Get him off the battlefield. You want Christian men and women who are willing to get up, stand up, and fight for something. Get something out of the day. Get something from the week. Get something out of the month. Yeah, you smile, but amen. You can say amen back here, boys. That's okay. That's all right. Point two. Because if we're only willing to be taught and we stop at point one, it don't work. Point two is you have to be willing to teach others also. Nothing more, more of a blessing to me when I get a text message from my lovely wife of a picture of the kids of Josiah or having a gospel track open, Book of Romans, witnessing to a kid at the park. That makes my day. That makes my day. Be willing to teach others also. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to be able to teach somebody the Bible. You don't even have to be smart. Look at me, I'm smart. I barely got through school. I dropped out of college. I'm not recommending my plan for anyone else. I'm just saying, I'm not really that smart. I know how to do a couple of things really well and that's it. <laughs> um, but God's method is that we teach others also. Now. Let's get 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Some of, the, some of the people back home are still trying to figure out how I got through Bible college. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. My wife still doesn't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. Just, But God got me through it. Um, you don't have to be smart. Christianity isn't about you being an intellectual giant. If you're intellectual, great. Let God use that. But just go and teach somebody what the Bible says. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, the Bible says in verse number 17, For this cause, have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. That's some good character. He calls him his beloved son. He loved him like a son. He's faithful in the Lord. And who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be where? In Christ. 
as I teach everywhere and in every church. Let's go back to 1 Timothy. And let's look at another cross-reference. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 3, the Bible says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. He gives them the charge because he can trust them. Don't teach any other doctrine. You know why you can't stop at point one and just be taught, be willing to be taught? Why does it have to flow into point number two, be willing to teach others also? Because if you don't teach others, someone else will come along and teach others. The JW, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the Hare Krishna, the happy pot smoker. It's somebody is going to teach them. Somebody's going to get them. You've got to be willing to be teachable, but you've also got to be willing to teach others also so others don't get to them. That's the other doctrine. 1 Timothy chapter 4, or I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 4, verse number 6. If thou put, 1 Timothy 4, 6, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. You're teachable, you teach others also. That's how you become a good minister. But I don't have all these um, degrees and all these. If you want to be a good minister, just start with being teachable. And that makes you a good soldier of Christ and then teach others. Mother can do that. Grandmother can do that. Father can do that. You don't need a pulpit to do that. There's plenty of parks. There's plenty of street corners. There's plenty of public areas where you can go teach somebody. Number three, let's get Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You must be willing to be teachable. You must be willing to, be, uh, to teach others also. But you also have to be willing to teach according to people's abilities. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In 1 Corinthians 12, 29, let's get 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29, it says, it questions actually, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Well, the answer is no, they're not. So, not everybody is required, and God is never sets forth in His Bible that you need to be a pastor or teacher in a formal sense. But, we can all teach somebody. You don't have to be behind a pulpit as a pastor of a church to teach somebody the Bible. The, God gave us 
God gave the church, the body of Christ, pastors and teachers. And that's one of the reasons why we assemble, so we can be taught. But that does not mean in any way, shape, or form that A, others don't have that gift, and that B, you can't do it just as good, if not better, than I can. People say I have patience. Well, except my wife. Well, she won't say that, but... <laughs> She'll say I have patience. Like with the one man we were witnessing to. She'll be like, yeah. And I'm thinking inside, I want to kick the guy in the neck. I don't think I have... I think I can keep a lid on it. But there's some situations where I am completely emotionally worn out and it takes God's grace and my willingness to yield to trying to keep a lid on it before I just does anybody else feel this nutty and wacko as I do <laughs> oh yeah but you did so well you were patient with it you may have saw that but I didn't feel that. I did not feel that way. You might do a better job witnessing with people that act and talk and believe a certain way than I do. That's why there's a body of Christ. So that we all can help each other out. We all can help each other out. And there's times... Most times, we all need help. Hebrews chapter 5. Until you live with someone, you don't really realize how impatient they really are. I mean, every husband and wife, when they hear somebody else say, oh, you're... Your husband is just so patient. The wife is thinking, you guys are idiots. <laughs> and every wife and every, every husband that hears, oh yeah, you're, 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 why, she's so patient. He's thinking, she wasn't that patient when she threw dinner in front of me the other night. I mean, every spouse, every husband or wife, until you live with somebody, you don't realize how impatient they really are. Welcome to life. That's just the way that it is. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. It's two people that are around each other too much. That's why it's good that everybody gets a break. It is. People need breaks. That's why when you're witnessing to somebody and they're wearing you out, you need a break. That's why when you work four, five, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, you need a break. You need a lunch break. You need a bathroom break. You just need 10 or 20 minutes. Well, now the kids need two hours, but you just need some time. And that's going to help your ability to teach others. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. For when? For the time ye ought to be teachers. Hebrews 5, 12. <coughs> ye have need... 
that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Ye ought to be teachers, and ye have need. You don't have to be a public preacher. Children, you grow up, be an example to somebody. Who's the older brother? Who's the older sister? You've got to be the example to the younger. Kids, you're teachers. Whether you like it or not, you're a teacher because you're setting an example. I'm not a teacher. I'm the youngest. Did you ever go to the park and play? Have there ever been kids younger than you there? You're setting an example. You're teaching. Did you ever go to church, Sunday school, and help in the nursery? Are they younger than you? Guess what? You're setting an example. You are a teacher. That's why the Bible says we all have need to be taught again because go clean your room. How many of you were taught to clean your room from when you don't even remember? Hmm. Let me guess. You were only taught that one time and then every time after that you've cleaned your room without fail and without being asked. Right? That would be no. <laughs> that would be, you have to be reminded. And then when you clean it, you didn't do it the right way, so you got to be reminded, no, do it, don't do it with a slack hand, do it diligently. Because we need to be taught again. Be teachable, be willing to teach others. You want to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ, you're in this spiritual battle, you need to be willing to go over it again and review and hear it again. Everything that Jesus Christ taught and said was truth. Everything. He was the master teacher. That's why it says, never man spake like this man. John 3, 2. The Bible says, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these things that thou doest except God be with him. He was a teacher like no other teacher. And you know what he taught? Get Matthew chapter 7. Jesus taught that there were two ways, a broad way and a narrow way. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That's what the master teacher taught. You have a broad way, and you have a narrow way. Boys and girls, which way are you going to go? The broad way, everybody, or the narrow way, the few? Jesus Christ is that narrow way. And he taught there are two ways. You know what else the master teacher taught? There are two prepared places. Heaven and hell. You know what God prepared for you? Heaven. You know what God prepared for the devil and the angels? 
hell. What you do at Jesus Christ. The Bible says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have not told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus Christ has prepared for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. But, the Bible also says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Boys and girls, men and women, pay attention. You follow the devil, you follow the devil's angels, you're going to end up in hell. Follow Jesus Christ. He's prepared a better place for you. That's where he wills and wants you to go. He taught two ways, broad way, narrow way. He taught two prepared places, heaven and hell. He taught two types of repentance. Get 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. Second Corinthians chapter number 7. The Bible says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Pay attention, because except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You get caught doing something wrong, and the only reason you're sorry is because you got caught. That's not the type of repentance we're talking about. Let's say you didn't get caught, and you run in the house, and you say, Mama, 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 I stole something when I was over Laura's house the other day. I stole it. I know it was wrong. That's the repentance we're talking about. You're turning from what you've done, realizing that I've got to, I've got to get this cleared out. Rather than, oh, you got caught. Now you've got to say it. Well, you caught me red-handed. Okay, I'm sorry. Say you're sorry for punching your sister in the belly. Well, mumble, mumble, grumble, I'm sorry. That kid's not sorry. <laughs> he's just doing the Pavlovian response that he's been required to do all his life so that he can get something to eat for supper. <laughs> but he could care less. He just wants to get mom off his back, so he says, sorry. Okay, go play. That kid's not sorry. <laughs> now, little Susie's sorry. She got punched in the gut. But, worldly sorrow, godly sorrow, repentance, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And you realize everybody has something they're trusting in to get to heaven. Doesn't matter what it is. It might be you think you're a good little boy or girl because your parents are good people. It might be I've done more good than bad. Yeah, but you didn't do enough good. Yeah, but I've done more. See, that's your problem. You keep thinking it's something about you. I go to church every Sunday. You mean you never miss church on a Sunday ever? Well, only once, but I go more than the other. See, that's your problem. 
Every time you try to justify what you think requires yourself to get entrance into heaven, and you're pointed out that it's still not good enough, you always got something to say. That's your problem. That's the lost man or the last woman's problem. And until you say, you know what, God, I have been trusting in it, whatever it is, and I'm going to turn from that, and I'm going to turn toward you, and I'm just putting all my faith and trust in what you did for me, and I'm not claiming any merit at all. That's the type of repentance God requires. And you can't separate it from your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. God saves every man and woman the same way all the time, by His grace. God saves by grace. It's not like you can repent and then somehow save yourself. God's grace, by His grace, He saves you. You've got to respond to the grace and to the light that's been given to you. Your response does not merit you favor with God and somehow earn you, well, look, I did this, so now I'm merited good in God's eyes. No. You're responding to the light, but it is by His grace that He saves you. But you've got to repent. You've got to repent. And you've got to put your trust in Jesus Christ. He taught two ways. Broad way and a narrow way. He taught two places. Heaven and hell. He taught two types of repentance. Godly sorrow. Sorrow the world. He taught two perspectives of the law. No one can keep the law but me. So the law cannot justify you. But. The law can bring you to Christ because it would be as a schoolmaster, which is so important why we be teachable. When that law shines in, 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 into your life, it's like in the morning when you wake up and you go into the bathroom and then kids, look, you wake up, right? You go into the bathroom and you look in the mirror woo, woo, and you get scared because you see yourself. That mirror reflects who you are and it shows you oh bad hair day <laughs> right that's what i really look like and guess what when you get your nose in this book boys and girls it's going to reveal what you look like and who you are before god and that's why the law can be a schoolmaster it will teach you who you are before god it will show you your need for a Savior. But you can't keep the law. All those that have tried to keep the law have failed. Boys and girls, put your hand up if you obey your parents all the time, without fail, every day, 100%. I didn't think so. Well, one little cherub. But for the rest of us... <laughs> If you can't obey mom and dad every day, how are you going to obey the God of the universe every day? None of us can. Two perspective of the law. Lastly, Jesus taught two types of birth. A spiritual birth and a physical birth. The Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? 
Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That's the physical birth. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's the spiritual birth. And that's what he says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You got a physical birth. It ain't going to get you anything but physical life here on earth. You need a spiritual birth. You must be born again. You do that by repenting of what you're trusting in. Put your full faith and trust in what Jesus did on that cross. And He will save you. Lastly, Jesus taught that there are two Adams. The master teacher. The one who says in his book, we've got to be teachable. We've got to teach others also. We've got to be able to teach according to their abilities. He said, there's two types of Adams. The first Adam and the last Adam. And in the first Adam, all die. Sin entered into the world, and that's why we die. But in the last Adam, you can be made alive to live forever with your Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what He wants for you. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for giving us the last Adam. Thank you for making the spiritual birth so readily available. Thank you for showing us clearly repentance in the Bible. We pray, Lord, to the lost soul here this morning, they would want to repent and trust you as their Savior. Lord, we pray we'd be able to bring this good news, the gospel message, to others this week as we go upon our ways. Dismiss us, Lord. Help us to apply what we've learned in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.